What's up everyone and welcome to episode 96 of the Justin Insight podcast, a show where I, Tim Burtbeck, talk to people involved in the world of alternative music and explore their journey into it. I hope everyone is well. Um, I'm going to be very frank and honest off the top of the bat. I am shattered. I've had a pretty hectic week um, and I'm rather tired so I'm going to keep this intro pretty short this week round. Uh, One of the key reasons I'm pretty tired is last night which will be well two nights ago when you listen to this but Sunday night or day however you want to see it. It started on Sunday. Uh, I was at the Persistence Tour in London. I was doing photos um, as well as reviewing the show so that review will be up and already heard dot com uh in the next couple of days as well as my photos which i'm slowly making my way through editing um but yeah it was loads of fun but it was pretty hectic um i didn't get back home until about half past one decided it would be a a good idea to start editing then um and watched a little bit of the royal rumble as well you can probably hear in the background i'm still watching it uh, at the moment i don't worry i haven't been the whole time i slept and went to work in the in the meantime but um yeah so was i'm pretty tired because of that but things keep going because uh if you're listening to this on the day of release i'll be heading to brighton tonight to see such golden koji um and then on friday we'll be heading to london again for ithaca's release show so after waiting a few weeks for the first show of 2019 they're coming pretty thick and fast now which i'm not complaining about but yeah Burning the candle at both ends most definitely is something I'm doing, but I'm going to stop babbling on. We're going to go straight into my guest, uh, and this week I'm joined by a very good friend of mine, uh, Damo Mapson, the man uh, who plays guitar in Hackjob and bass in Bitterman. Uh, this really is a musical journey. We go through pretty much every single band formation that Damo has been in. Uh, we discuss how he started discovering music through his older sister. Uh, how learning guitar kind of became a necessity through the bands that he was wanted to form and perform in, um, and how he's happy always having sort of at least two plates spinning, so to say. Um, so yeah, please sit back, enjoy the chat I have with Demo, and I'll see you on the other side. He, when he does podcasts, he usually like will play, and he, that's how he did it as well. Is play like three or four songs, then explain the songs a little bit. Okay. Maybe a little bit of talking, and then three or four more songs. So it's more about playing music. His podcast uh, stuff right, he's okay. found, local bands, whatever you know. Talking that's very cool. Yes, yeah, so you probably know him. Tony Watley's uh, Suspect Suspect Device. He's been mm. doing the fan scene Suspect Device since like the 80s oh, okay. oh I think I've seen yeah I've seen the zine around yeah before, but... yeah um, he used to be in a, he used to be in Pilger oh yeah 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 yeah. and then he was in the shorts as well and he's in a band called Brazos at the moment but, uh, fair enough but yeah he did like a hack job special <laughs> <laughs> we as all, you do we all had to pick four four or five songs each and then we'd do a batch of them and talk about them and he asked us a few questions that was good fun that's pretty cool yeah it was a nice way to spend the afternoon yeah Right, um, I'm I'm going, so okay, cool. if, if you're happy to go straight yeah, into yeah, it, sure. go for it. Sure. Cool. Um, sat in the house of the wonderful Damo Mapson, uh, the man behind the Borks of Hack Job and Bass in Bitterman. Bass in Bitterman, yeah. yes, right. Yeah. yeah. So thank you very much for for letting me no into your house, making me a cup of tea. It's nice to see you. And having your cats make themselves at home in my my little <laughs> laptop case. As long as they don't scratch you, it should be all right. <laughs> <laughs> um, as as always with the show, it's called Just an Insight. So I like to take my guests right back to to their origins. So Demo, how did you get into alternative music? Uh, it's my sister's fault, really. Okay. Uh, she's about four or five years older than me, and uh, she was kind of like a moody gothy teenager right who i kind of idolized at the age yeah, of yeah. Like 10 or 11 so i used to sit in the corner of her room while she was angry doing <laughs> homework <laughs> and she let i'd listen to like uh metallica the black album the first yeah. rage against the machine album bit of nine inch nails nirvana guns and roses all that sort of grunge stuff that sort of blew up in the in the early mid 90s that was sort of my foray into alternative stuff and i just always wanted to get heavier and heavier yeah so slowly went up to sort of 
uh, stuff like Machine Head. All well, new metal blew up in that time as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah, of course. And I was like the perfect age for it at 16, hating my parents. You <laughs> know, <laughs> 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 so uh, so yeah, I was, uh, I was really yeah, cottoned on to the first uh, Corn album, first Deftones album when they came out. Yeah, yeah. So that I guess like the original wave of kind of. Yeah, yeah. It, like I said, it was, I was the perfect age for it. You know, sort of music for angry yeah, disenfranchised yeah, yeah, yeah. teenagers and uh, it was yeah so I've really yeah really soaked all that up for a while but still wanting to get heavier and heavier so Machine Head Pantera um, Sepultura Thrash Metal Slayer yeah um, and then Death Metal <laughs> <laughs> and I just yeah Death Metal and Grindcore but um, I do like to go occasionally go on like musical journeys yeah um, listening to a lot of satanic death metal, so I'd, you know, going back, going back to like Black Sabbath, singing about Satan and stuff, and then went right back to the Delta Blues, Robert Johnson and stuff like that. Right, okay. Yeah, so I'd chuck a bit of blues on every now and again. But um, I spent last summer listening to a lot of old Scar and <laughs> oh, yeah, no, I like, I like, <laughs> like uh, the Scatter Lights and Toots and the Maytal and stuff like that. Okay, okay, yeah, summery yeah, yeah, music, yeah, yeah. you know, and also a lot of cock rock for some reason, a lot of Kiss. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> so, how, like, in terms of kind of, you say your sister sort of was kind of listening to to that sort of like gothicy sort of yeah. rock music, and obviously new metal. But in terms of kind of the the heavier stuff, like the death metal, black metal stuff. Yeah. How did you kind of go about discovering that? Like, was it a case of just sort of your curiosity, like? lent you that way were people sort of recommending bands like what how did you kind of stumble across it well it was like pre-internet at the time so I used to buy a lot of magazines a lot of free CDs where it used yeah. to be um, really great for that sort of thing but there's, I was always just pushing stuff for the heavier and heavier always wanted like you know a more down tuned guitar more guttural mm. vocal less clean sung parts you yeah, know, yeah. all that sort of thing <laughs> yeah. less melody basically yeah. I still hold to today but um but yeah there'd be recommendations um you, you used to do like a blind buy in a in a, in a HMV. Okay. The goriest looking front cover. Oh yeah, 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 know, yeah, yeah. Big destroyer prowler in the yard. A friend of mine bought that about having heard him. But, yeah. You know, the guy sawing his leg off in the front <laughs> cover. With, yeah. Like teenagers, like this is gonna be fucking great. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Look at this guy. So um, uh, Relapse Records sampler. I can't remember which one it was. I think it was the third one. A friend of mine got, and that had like Blood Duster, Been Um, Dillinger Escape Plans. Mm. The first time I heard them, calculating. I think it had not long come out. Um, uh, Nile, I think, were on yeah. there, Pig Destroyer on there, Agrophobic Nosebleeds. And then from there, started delving more into those bands. Mm. It wasn't until loads later I started finding English bands. Yeah. And also, at the time, uh, the Napalm Death and Carcass stuff, you know, these huge names, um, they were doing sort of mid-tempo, yeah, almost yeah, catchy yeah. stuff. You know, Swan Song, not long come out, or Carcass hadn't long split up. And, um, yeah, Napalm were in that weird 90s period. Mm. So I was like... Well, Cannibal Corpse is way better than this. But <laughs> 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 well, obviously, Napalm came back around. So, like, how old were you when you were sort of, like, discovering that kind of music? Um, uh, teen, teenager? Maybe 16 or 19? Yeah. That sort of age? Because I think, I know you're a little bit older than me, but, mm. like, I think, obviously, for me as a teenager, it was a lot more kind of, not the mainstream, but, like, the bands that were the Kerrang bands and, yeah. and things like that. So, for you, was it kind of like not wanting to be one of the crowd, but was it that sort of I want to be different, so I, I'm going to search out the more grotesque, obscure music sort of thing? Definitely, definitely. At school, there was sort of very few alternative people, so this outsider music, as it was, really sort of spoke to me. Mm. And then, I, yeah, I guess I chased that same that feeling, you know. Yeah. That like yeah, I found this myself. Yeah, this yeah. Is, this is mine. You know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that kind of vibe, yeah. Definitely as a youngster, yeah. So in terms of you going into music yourself, mm. obviously you play guitar, play bass, do a bit of vocals. Mm. What was your first sort of seeding? Was it all? Was it wanting to play guitar? Like, what was your first sort of um, experimentation? At school, me and my friend started a band called Iron Skulls. Nice. None of us could play instruments. <laughs> we were basically going to be Nirvana. He was a little bit more confident than me, so he was Kurt Cobain. I was Chris Novoselic, so I was taller than him. <laughs> that Christmas, I got a bass, um, a very cheap bass, and he didn't got a guitar, and the drummer didn't know he was in the band. So it <laughs> wasn't really a band, but you know, we, I drew a logo, and um, we, I think we wrote a song about a motorbike. Nice. But, because obviously you say, so was it bass that you wanted to initially? Yes, sort of yeah, play? that's where I started. I, um, that was at 14, and 
had bass lessons for a while, just learned, learned to play bass, and I started a proper gigging band when um, I joined college, St Vincent's, in about 98, mm. 99. Yeah. And, and yeah, we we mucked about the local area playing new metal. <laughs> <laughs> what band was that? A uh, band called De Facto. Oh, I, don't, I don't think I I think we did a Deftones cover our first... Um, excuse me. <laughs> excuse me. Um, a Deftones cover our first gig, and... Um, for about four or five years we were very much that kind of new metal yeah. maybe a bit of tool in there but not nearly as good <laughs> and then when Killswitch blew up um, we kind of went we kind of broke up a bit and then got back together and just played not very good metal chords <laughs> <laughs> I think that was the thing at the time because yeah. I've like I remember obviously my brother's band Senator right well no before that okay. so oh, what, I want to say that you the first iteration was called Eyesore, I want to say. Is that Adam and um, Sam? Yeah. Yeah. And then obviously when they went to St. Vincent's, that's the saddest day, kind of okay. started. But you had um, Seven Days at Knife Point. I remember and all that. Yeah. Kind of, so that was obviously of that time when bands, as you say, were just doing that metalcore. Yeah, right. Metal it was everywhere, wasn't it? Sort of vibe. So in terms of, because obviously when I kind of first met you, you were playing guitar. So when did that kind of... Was um, it just something that you picked up through necessity or was it something that you always kind of wanted to explore? No, you hit the nail on the head there, through necessity. To, to, um, I, I wasn't playing in a band or anything and I basically taught myself to play the guitar in a year just to write songs. Okay. Write songs on my own. Just like, I still can't play it particularly well. <laughs> <laughs> you know, just get power chords, write riffs, yeah. riffing out. And um, and yeah, so it was yeah necessity just to help, help myself write songs, get, yeah. get a little bit better and then... Um, I was probably in a band called Bunny when we first met. Yeah. And I would play guitar, and then we didn't have a bass player. Very influenced by Pig Destroy and Discord and Taxis. Mm. And, um, and yeah, so I, yeah, just played guitar, and I hadn't really stopped. <laughs> <laughs> so, in terms of kind of, you've mentioned that first sort of proper band yeah. in St. Vincent's, it kind of seems like you haven't really kind of stopped. Yeah, I don't know what I'd do if I, was, uh, <laughs> I wasn't in bands. <laughs> Um, probably be a lot more, a lot more unhealthy. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, I love it. It's, it's kind of like a necessity. It's a really, it's very cathartic. Um, you know, a long week at work and go screaming in a practice room. You must yeah, really yeah, yeah. get a lot of your chest. It's good for the soul, I think. Yeah, yeah. You know, keeps me calm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, as you say, we, we first met, well, properly got to know each other, Edward, but mm. first time was Bunny. Yeah, you were putting gigs on at Nell Gwyn at the time. The first time I remember meeting you, yeah, and I yeah. think you put on like final round fight maybe, and yeah, um, something like that. And it was, yeah. that was, it was really busy. I yeah, being, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but in terms of that, so like I wasn't necessarily exposed to the whole kind of like grindcore world that much at that time because I was kind of coming out of my metalcore phase and mm -hmm. going into hardcore, which is pr predominantly what shaped what I listen to now. Yeah. Um, so when I first heard Bunny, I was like, what the fuck is this sort of thing? <laughs> I was gone what we were going for. Yeah. <laughs> but like, for, also within like my friendship group at the time, like no one was kind of listening to that, playing that kind of type of music, especially here in Portsmouth. Anyway. Yeah. So was it a case of like, because you were listening to that music, obviously you wanted to play that, but like, what was the, the initial reactions like when people sort of start when you started sort of co going around and starting playing in those earlier days well one of the things of bunny is we were like a kind of an odd group of individuals um so when we started playing our singer immediately was very um uh confrontational and we 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 try to make people leave basically yeah trying orally as well as you know physically sometimes <laughs> <laughs> um, but it was a lot of fun we really enjoyed having, having that you know Fuck you, attitude. Yeah. Um, you know, we, we don't get me wrong. We really enjoyed playing the music and that, and, and having having a good time with our, uh, as a group of friends. But it was, um, yeah, it was just a strange band. So like wear dresses <laughs> and balaclavas and running around and yeah, you know, I don't know. It was, it was good fun. But yeah. It was never going to be very commercially viable. <laughs> <laughs> you know? But like in terms of because as you say, like heavily influenced from like Pig Destroyers. Yeah. Like but like. I don't know, like, did you kind of, maybe subconsciously on some level, like, think, I want to expose this to my friends in, in the music scene at all? Oh, yeah, maybe. Um, like you said, with Portsmouth, there's, no, there's very rarely been stuff like that. 
uh, like really in, in, in intense sort of grindcore sort of stuff. It's always it's seemingly the bands that I start. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, um, or d- the bands that me and Tim Holloway start. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, so yeah, it's, it was a case of like, there's nothing like that around here. I'm just gonna have to start doing it. At the time mm. in Bunny, I was putting gigs on in the faucet. Yeah. And the closest uh, band that was similar was Hole in the Head, who were Southampton based. Yeah. I ended up, I got all their records in the end and absolutely fell in love with them. Alan's now in Hack Job with me. Yeah. Which is uh, which is very nice, but um, but yeah, it was literally it was, there's nothing like that around here. Just make it, create it, do it. So yeah, you know, I want to hear it. I'm gonna do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, and in terms of kind of, did you guys? I can't. Obviously, my memory's a bit shot, so you'll probably know a bit more. But because I don't know, there still to this day seems to be like a a bit of sort of gravitas with with Bunny in terms of like people still sort of talk about that band. Oddly. At- um, Hacktor played Chimpy Fest last year, and um, I was upstairs getting some some food or whatever, and this guy was like, "You were in Bunny, weren't you?" And I was like, well, "This was like nearly ten years ago." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we did like one CD. We were on, had a MySpace page. Yeah. You know? <laughs> we didn't. We we never played north of London. Um, we only played like London, Brighton, Southampton, really. Yeah. And uh, and yeah, so, so for some reason people remembered us. <laughs> well, that's what I was gonna say. Like, was that your first experience of sort of? going outside of Portsmouth and kind of going further afield. Definitely, yeah. I mean, de facto, the band was in previously. We were together for six years mm. um, and we played Hazelmere, Gosport and Portsmouth. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> really, Keeping it local. Really but we didn't really know what we were doing. As Bunny, I'd, I'd started promoting gigs myself. Yeah, really yeah. got out there, started doing gig swaps. You, MySpace was a thing at the time, so we like making friends through that um, and getting around. We were making contacts through that for, for gigs out of town. Mm. And really, that's, that was my first foray into the wider hardcore scene as so, today. like this is something that I kind of posed to, to Mars as well when I spoke to him like because obviously we're all very much part of this Portsmouth scene right yeah um, yeah so I listened to that it's it good it's thank fine. you <laughs> <laughs> so like what was it kind of like seeing it from the other side because I guess like in your hometown no matter where you're from you're always going to have a bit of a buffer because you can kind of rely on friends yeah. and, and things like that so was it sort of strange going out into to places like Sunland of Brighton, London, and then seeing people, maybe not necessarily straight away, but like later on down the line, coming out to see Bunny and thinking, oh, this is weird, we're just a, a little band from Portsmouth sort of thing. I don't really remember anyone ever coming out specifically <laughs> to see us, except for our friends, the friends we made in Brighton. Um, but uh, no, I didn't really notice a, no. a rise. Yeah, it depends on who we were playing with. Um, we had quite a good connection of some. Uh, the, do you remember a band called The Offcuts? No. And uh, Guardians of Love and Honor. No, not really. Yeah, okay. Yeah, okay. Um, uh, we used to play out of them a lot. And, right. And um, Guardians of Love and Honor, especially, we became friends with Loz when he still lived in Bournemouth. Oh, okay. And so oh, yes. Now you said. Yeah, yeah. I think he put them on a few times, didn't he? Yeah, and yeah, and yeah. ITD at the time, Dean Spain ITD. Yeah, yeah. So we sort of used to have a bit of South Coast stuff, but I never noticed anyone particularly coming to see <laughs> Bunny in particular. You know? So, from Bunny, was it Edward next? Or? Yeah. Yeah. At the time, talking of musical journeys as I was earlier, um, I was very much getting into stuff like Black Flag and Bad Brains, Minor Threat, and really liking a simpler sort of approach. And Tim, as you well know, is way into his jazz. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, as a drummer who's playing into like playing more jazz and offbeat and bizarre timings and stuff, I wanted to play more of three chords <laughs> stuff. We obviously had a parting of ways, um, which is fair. I, I felt like I'd slowed him down. I was really pleased for him, actually, when he got in a band of Miles. Yeah, and yeah. And you see Miles do all his tapping and stuff. I was like, brilliant, that's what you need to... Yeah, yeah, right up. Yeah, I need a D-beat. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, so then, then um, I started Edward with uh, my friend Chris, and um, we got... We, we mucked around with lineups for a little bit. Um, I think Ollie, the guys that are lucky ones, Perry and Lot Ollie, I asked to join them. Oh, point. okay. But they never really worked out. Joe Anderson turned up to um, to do vocals, but ended up I switched to guitar, and Joe's picked up the okay, bass. Okay, so you were originally meant to be bassist. Of yeah, the yeah. All right, okay. That's that's what I wanted to do, but but yeah, I ended up playing guitar out of you know just uh, just the way it went. Yeah. And then um, yeah, that, that that was that was a lot of fun. It was busy busy three yeah. years in Edwards. Well, because that's. Like, I guess that was sort of the first band where you were sort of... Properly touring. Proper, yeah. Yeah, properly touring, release, we released a record, released like CD and stuff. Yeah, you put our CD out, in fact. That yeah. is. Um, so in that kind of aspect, going from 
I guess it's not necessarily too far removed because Edward was still like a fast band. Yeah. But going from grindcore to punk, mm. was there sort of much of a difference that you kind of felt like in terms of how you were playing, how like the shows you were playing differed and things like that? Well, yeah, every band I think it should approach differently. I don't want to, I personally, I'm often playing multiple bands. I don't want to do the same thing yeah. across the board. So yeah, Edward, I approached differently and, and with different musicians, you bounce off each other in different ways. And um, yeah, it was, it was yeah. Bunny was sometimes very, very difficult, but um, Edward seemed to flow. We, we, we right. were all very much more focused, especially when Jochen joined the band later as well. Very focused. Um, I remember before our first tour, I think we practiced 16 times in oh, two wow. weeks. Yeah, we were like in there every day or something something stupid like that. And um, yeah, it was busy, it was hectic. I got a bit done in with it towards the end because I was missing like friends' birthdays, friends yeah, getting yeah. engaged and stuff like that. We like toured twice a year and did a release a year and then uh, imploded. <laughs> <laughs> but I look back on those days as, as yeah, I really enjoyed it. Because I'm trying to think, like, because I remember you did a few sh- like shows around here at South Coast sort of thing, mm. but it was quite quick that you went on the first tour, wasn't it? Yeah, it was in the first six months. I mean, we the first three or four gigs... Uh, weren't even in Portsmouth. We, I think it was the, the first one was Southampton, another one was Chichester, and we ended up doing a little sort of three-day thing involving Taunton and Truro, or maybe Falmouth, I can't remember, and then coming back and doing Portsmouth. Yeah. Like our fifth gig was uh, uh, the first hometown gig, as it were. But that was just how, how that was just Joe. Joe's yeah. like an absolute booking machine, and um, yeah, we sort of just tried to ride that out as much so, as possible, play out of town as much as possible. Was that kind of the because I know obviously from experience seeing how Joe works, but was that when he kind of joined the band, was that his focus of like wanting to be out on the road as, as much? Because I, I, every band wants to have that sort of mentality of playing as many shows as well, but obviously means must and sometimes it's not possible. That's right, yeah. So was that something that when he came in that was addressed straight away or did it just kind of happen? Um, no, I think well, Joe was the, the first proper lineup. Yeah, yeah. It? So yeah, from the get go, he was yeah. That's what we wanted to do. Yes, yeah. that's, that's we did our best. You know, we drove four hours to Taunton to play in front of no one. <laughs> um, I think I slept in the car park that day. Oh shit! Yes, that's all right. It was all right. Um, but uh, but yeah, no, we wanted we wanted to do it. And we did it as best best we could. Yeah, and um, went out there and tried to keep busy. I think I can't remember how many gigs you played in the end, but it, it seemed like a ridiculous amount. When yeah, yeah. Afterwards, and in terms of kind of that, not necessarily the well, we'll, we'll stick with the first tour because I always like to kind of get what people's perspectives mm-hmm. of their first time out is. So, like, I always think because for me, I've always been fortunate that I'm kind of a bit of a backseat tour. Like, I'm always the one that's either doing a bit of driving doing merch or so on so yeah. or I'm just there along for the riot or yeah, yeah. Um, so for me like tours are always fucking brilliant because I don't have to do that much work Yeah. but like for you like what was it kind of like because I, I guess like expectations are built up mm-hmm. but then the reality is very different so what was that kind of first tour like um, it's getting used to a lot of driving the, it's quite mundane at times yeah yeah um, having all the equipment around <laughs> <laughs> somebody saw, I read somewhere somebody said touring is like 22 hours of being bored an hour and a half of carrying stuff around yeah. and half an hour of playing <laughs> and yeah it, it is yeah, <laughs> yeah, at yeah. times but um, you know I'd, I'd, I'd like to, to party for want of a better term so I spend <laughs> a lot of it drunk you know yeah, <laughs> it's yeah, yeah, quite yeah. fun but then it's pretty detrimental towards the end of the, uh, the tour and yeah, your yeah, hands yeah. are shaking from drinking <laughs> too much you're trying to play remember your songs and play the guitar but um but yeah, no, we always try to try to make sure to have fun. But some of the longer drives, you know, I think one of the European tours we went on. Oh, you, you want to talk about the first tour? Sorry. No, so yeah, we, yeah. With with the first tour, we went out of rash decision, and they were like, right, like our friendly uncles yeah, looked yeah, out yeah. for us, showed us showed us the ropes a bit, um, and you know, made a lot of contacts, and, and you know, friends for life with those yeah, guys. Yeah, yeah. So that was um, that was a lot of fun. It's nice to have them with us, you know. Yeah. And then later on, we, we went out by ourselves. You know, some of the. The long drives. I think we drove from um, Portsmouth to Dover, 
Dover over to Calais, and then Calais through to Chemnitz on the other side of Germany. Yeah, yeah. In about 14 hours overnight. And um, that was hard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to sleep in, a, in a, um, the wheel arch, on the wheel arch of a van on the motorways. It's not easy. <laughs> but it was, you've always got to see it as an adventure as well. Yeah, you know, an experience yeah. and um, you know, some really good times. And because with that first tour, because I completely forgot until you mentioned it there, that it was with Rash Decision. Yeah. Was that something that they asked you to join or was it some, how did, because I think, had you played shows with them before? Um, I'm trying to remember cause I think Joe had met them when he was still in the band he was in previously, which I can't remember. Born in the Dark or whatever. Right. In the Dark. And um, he'd booked, he'd got me to book them for the last gig that I ever put on, uh, which was at The Loft, which was supposed to be Somulence's last show. Right. And Joe had put me in contact with Rass Decision. He's like, okay, yeah, brought him down. Got on with them really well. And then Edward started not long after. And Joe had still been talking to Dave from Rass Decision. Right. And we just kind of joined forces yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and uh, yeah started booking this tour um, I think between them uh, Joe and Dave that yeah, is, yeah. they sort of, sort of booked it between them and, and, uh, and off we went harder yeah. man yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah in in terms of kind of was it twice you went over to Europe yeah twice yeah. but the same country so Germany yeah. Holland and Belgium but again like I think that is a sort of a landmark that many bands want to sort of hit definitely yeah and so what was that kind of experience like? Because again, the first time I went over to, to Europe, it is a bit of a culture shock in terms of like how they run shows, right. how they do things out there just in general. Like by the point that you'd gone out there for the first time, like you built up a fairly decent reputation here, I'd say. Just about, yeah, yeah. I think, yeah. So going over there, was it was it a culture shock or was it something that you just kind of soaked everything in. Um, well, the, the shock of it was just um, how much better we were treated. Yeah, <laughs> like food, yeah. food and, and, and drinks, like it guaranteed, some of the stay guaranteed. It always seems to be a lot, lot more difficult in in, uh, in England. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong, there's, there's people that sort of been over to Europe themselves and, and do their best. Um, a little while ago, I've had job with stayed with some friends in Birmingham and all had somewhere to stay, breakfast, booze, you know. Yeah, yeah. It was, it was you know, it was very nice. But... Um, and I've struggled in the past as well, and I didn't always have somewhere for bands to stay when I was booking, booking gigs. So it was an eye opener. It was yeah, an eye opener to see how well it could be done. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> uh, it was very nice. You know, almost almost felt like rock stars at times. Yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, thanks. Still a band. So what was it like? Because again, like I can only speak from my perspective of what the UK. Yeah, punk scene is like obviously I've seen hardcore shows in in Europe, which is very different to quote unquote normal punk, I guess. Uh-huh. So, what were the the show vibes like? Because I think over here, if people hear or see the word punk, they kind of have a bit of an expectation of what the crowd is going to be like. Right. So, over in Europe, what was it like? Was it sort of a similar kind of vibe, or was it very different in terms of what you were playing to? Uh no. It- it was pretty similar in, in that respect that people knew what they were going to there was you know fans of aggressive music would be yeah. there um, but I don't know you know I've never I've never really thought about that question before it, it depends <laughs> it depends on um, on the band on what band you're playing in yeah, you know, yeah. how well you play sometimes can put people off <laughs> you know um, I do, generally I get very nervous still after all this time before gigs and um, I often try not to pay attention to the crowds. Yeah, just yeah. concentrate on the rest of my bandmates staying in time. <laughs> <laughs> um, before we move on, I've mm-hmm. got to, to mention, because obviously I was there, the hell drive from Bristol to, to London in the snow. Oh my God, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was kind of terrifying. Because um, you were in the other car with, yeah, with yeah. all the, uh, the whatever backline. No, I was with Jochen with the backline. Yeah, and I had Joe Lloyd, Lloyd. Joel. Yeah. Um, yeah, obviously I, I couldn't see you for the blizzard. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I was supposed to be Jochen's wingman uh, and like you know help him. Yeah. yeah but yeah. I ended up drinking some some rider. I can't remember some wine and then falling asleep in the car next to him. <laughs> I felt really bad afterwards. But I do remember at one point there being a van in front of us with an open back with loose pallets. Oh shit! <laughs> I was like, this is going to hit the windscreen if it comes yeah, out yeah, the back yeah, of it. Yeah, yeah. And um, 
not really been able to drive, you know, maneuver very well at all because of the snow. It was it was mean, wasn't it? Yeah, that was like because I only had my shitty little gold Saxon yeah, at the time, I remember that. which didn't have power steering or anything. So that was like, and I just remember where was it, Keith? We were staying with. Yeah, that's right, Keith. Yeah. So we got. I just remember getting to his, and by this point, I'd fucking had enough because we yeah, been on the road by like for three hours, maybe possibly a little bit longer just yeah. because we had to drive of the slow. Snow, yeah. yeah. And literally there was like a gap to park outside his house and I just nosedived my car <laughs> into the snow yeah. and just getting out and you're going to be like, where are you? Yeah. It was just fucking, yeah, that was... It was relieving to get the Keith's Road, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. That's part of the joys of touring though, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I just, I just wanted to bring that up just because I thought it's one of those things of always kind of... Sticking, sticking the memory. Was it that one where Joe had like massive holes in his shoes and just had soaking wet feet for the whole like whole time? It might have been another time he's taken keys. I just remember you were like really ill, so you quarantined yourself. That's into right. The, in the, in the kitchen. kitchen, read Isaac Asimov short stories. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And then we ended up watching the Super Bowl. Me, Joel, and Lloyd. That's right. Yeah, yeah. I remember was, hearing you guys. That was a weird, weird evening. I don't think sleeping on that kitchen floor did my cold any good. <laughs> Probably not, to be honest. It's a freezing cold floor in yeah. the middle of February when it's fucking cane right. over snow. Whose idea was it to tour in February? <laughs> <laughs> you say that, I'm, I'm meant to be doing it again, but we're going to Spain, so ah, hopefully nice. it'll be... Who's that with this time? Uh, my friend's in Punch-On. Oh, okay, like I don't Punch-On. Uh, like screamo emo violence kind of two-piece. Cool. So, yeah. so I know you went out of uh, Svalbard. Yeah, long, yeah, yeah, yeah. So... It's really annoying. They've just been in ours. They're going to Japan. Like, yeah, oh I, saw that. I saw that. <laughs> but, but they they deserve everything. They worked, oh, yeah, worked yeah. really hard. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. Um, and they're really, yeah, you know, really good. Yeah. Um. So in terms of, I don't know. So for me, Edward just kind of disintegrated and faded away. It did. We decided to have a bit of time off because it had been quite intense for for sort of two and a half years. And then at that point, we had the two vocalists, Joel yeah. and um, Lloyd, and um. Me, Joe, and Yacht got back together. We were slightly, slightly writing new stuff, trying different things, and um, we just couldn't get either of them in the practice room. Lloyd moved to Brighton. Yeah. Joel was working a lot of evenings at the Wedge Rooms and started DJing as well, doing a couple nights at the Wedge Rooms as well. And um, we just couldn't get it organised. And it was one of your gigs, actually. I think, um, I think Let It Die played, maybe Employed to Serve as well, and. Um, Edward were booked to play it and it ended up being Joy Thieves first gig. Oh, yeah, Which yeah. was the band I, I went in I yeah. started after Edward split up. Yeah. And, yeah, um, it was... Esoteric Youth. Yeah, it was, it, yeah. Was our, um, it was our Hawaiian Christmas. That's right. Yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it was good fun, that. So, okay, so in terms of... Because you kind of mentioned earlier, like, you always kind of liked being numerous bands. So yeah, was, was Joy Thief kind of bubbling along under the surface the whole time kind of thing not well not quite. the whole time yeah. but it was, it was a crossover period definitely yeah. I'd, I'd initially bought a drum machine and I was going to do like a one man drum machine <laughs> grind thing yeah. and the first couple of Joy Thieves songs I wrote, I wrote with it but I'm not very tech savvy and the drum machine really annoyed me <laughs> so um, so you kicked out the machine to be a real person <laughs> yeah. well I started writing with, with Dan Aussie Dan yeah and then we, we searched for a drummer um, and, and yeah so Joy Thieves came out yeah and, uh, which was a lot of fun. Though we, we, we sort of concentrated more on the uh, getting inebriated side of things than, <laughs> than playing very coherent shows, which is kind of entertaining itself, yeah, right, yeah. I'm sure. But, like, because that was the thing, obviously, you kind of reverted back, not as sort of maybe as abrasive as Bunny, mm. but kind of back to that sort of grindcore yeah. sort of thing. So, was it just a case that you wanted to play that sort of stuff again, or...? Yeah, I wanted to just start yeah. getting faster and more aggro. Yeah. Yeah, I kind of missed it, I think, after... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> after Bunny, yeah. Definitely, I definitely like that level of intensity. Yeah. When you're going all out, pouring a sweat, and your fingers hurt, and you've got veins on the side of your neck sticking yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Your eyes are rolled into the back of your head, <laughs> and you're like... <laughs> you know, I very much enjoy that. Oh, well, Bit remiss, I'm doing a bit later than I usually do, but vocals is obviously something else that you do do. Uh, yeah, that's quite new. Um, as Joy Thief was the first band I yeah. did proper, proper vocals in, so, in the last five years. Like, within the divorce, we all joke about the whole bought yeah. sort of thing, <laughs> but like, obviously, to do what you do takes 
quite a lot of talent and strain because like yes yeah, like, you, you know you've yeah but like my vocal style is very different to yours yeah so was it just when you first sort of did it with Enjoy Thief was it a case of just sort of I'm going to give this a go and see what happens well or, I don't... Ha- or was it a case of you were standing in this front of your mirror screen <laughs> <laughs> never really happened no um, I've done a lot of backing vocals even in, in de facto sometimes in Bunny and in, in Edwards yeah and you know, I love death metal, and I love that death metal growl. Yeah, yeah. I've been, you know, doing that in practice rooms, sort of just joking around for a long time, and eventually I wanted to give it a go. I still would as well. You know, I'd like to do a be a vocalist without um, playing guitar. Especially. Yeah, yeah. But um, but yeah. So the, the the death metal growl was something I did predominantly in um, in Joy Thief. Um, I still can't really hit a high a high shriek. <laughs> <laughs> and then the, the Bork thing, as you call it, it was my attempt at. Um, doing uh, the sort of spaz yeah yeah sort of power violence type thing and um which is american guys trying to um imitate lee dorian yeah yeah, from yeah. the early napalm stuff <laughs> so it sort of comes full circle and you know it sounds very similar to like extreme noise terror um and, and that, uh, heresy even a little bit maybe yeah that sort of stuff so but i find that quite strenuous that, that yeah, takes yeah. more of a um uh, more gusto than uh, yeah. the death of that will growl which I find very easy I could probably do on my sleeve <laughs> just snore away yes <laughs> but like was it so was it a case of just I guess we go back to Joy Thief because that was sort of when you were doing it more predominantly yes that's where I first started probably yeah. was it like you were just in the practice room sort of trying out different sort of vocal techniques because obviously like Dan had done it before yeah, yeah so was it a case of you were just finding the balance of what what fit with Dan like how did you kind of set on how oh, you wanted to sound it's a sort of tried and tested one high one low yeah yeah no, no, but that's what I mean like <laughs> okay. were you kind of like trying to find your voice in that lower sort of range sort of thing yeah always yeah. Yeah, so I find it much more comfortable I've got quite a deep speaking voice <laughs> <laughs> it seems to come more naturally just to, to do that that bellowing growling yeah Grunting, <laughs> you know, bear in a cave type thing. <laughs> Dinosaur looking for somewhere to die. Yeah. <laughs> and when obviously Joy Thief kicked on a bit, like again, it seems to be the thing with bands you're in get a bit of notoriety and a bit of momentum behind them quite quickly. I find. I, don't know, I never noticed that. Well, from, from an outsider. Okay. okay. Yeah. Um, but do you think that? Because of off the back of what Edward had done. As possible, yeah. Yeah, that there was a bit of crossover that people were like, oh, well, we know Damo from, yeah. from Edward. We want to get him in on his new project. Previously in. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah possibly, yeah. That's true. And uh, Both in Bunny and, and Edward, going out of Portsmouth a lot more, you sort of make contacts, yeah. keep in contact with... with sound people for the most part you meet in the hardcore scene they're all lovely people yeah yeah and um and so I kept those contacts so I had them ready like oh I've got a new band yeah. you think you could put us on you have a listen to this and uh, and so, so yeah that, it becomes easier I think the older you get the more people you meet yeah 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 to, to keep those those contacts yeah in, in other parts of the country and in terms of kind of going back to the grindcore sort of sound mm-hmm. like obviously you Joy Thief did play sort of with grindcore bands as well, but I mm. think in terms of kind of what was big at the time, there was a lot more kind of power violence bands and yeah. sort of the more metallic hardcore bands around bands like Esoteric Youth that you mentioned, mm-hmm. uh, like Razor Eater were a yeah. band you played with a couple of times. So did you, f- I don't want to say easier than Edward, but did you find that being able to slip into like mixed bills and things like that was a bit more easier when it came to Joy Thief. I think, um, especially living in Portsmouth, because you don't really get hardly any grunk around here. So yeah. being able to fit in the mixed bills is just a necessity. Yeah, <laughs> you don't yeah. really get a choice. Um, but I don't know if it was any easier or or, um, or more difficult than Edwards. It's just you know it's not something I really thought about. Just get stuck in, yeah, get it yeah, done. Yeah. You know speak to the people who can put the gigs on and, yeah. and whatever and put the records out and if they're interested they are and if they're not ask some others it's <laughs> <laughs> the way it's going to be done isn't it because the other thing as well like correct me if I'm wrong I might just be a gap in my memory Sorry. did Joy Thief tour much or was it just a case of doing like little show like no I haven't really done any proper or extensive touring since Edwards um, Joy Thief did a couple of weekenders uh, with a band, one with a band from uh, Bristol called This Ends Here, 
Oh yeah, we, yeah, yeah. We played in Brighton and Plymouth, and um, um, otherwise, no, it was usually just one off, one off gigs. The other two guys weren't particularly interested, and I was just happy to have fun with my mates. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas Hacktop, we've done usually we've done uh, um, a bunch of sort of longer weekenders, yeah. like three days, and I'm quite happy with that. I'm getting old. <laughs> <laughs> quite happy. I'd, like, I'd love to do a long weekend over in Europe. Just yeah, maybe like France, Belgium, and Holland. That'd be plenty. Yeah, yeah. And um. You with Hack Job, it's more. I'd, I'd love to be in a band with enough material released to do a discography. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, never, had, never had that. You know, Edwards uh, just had the three, a demo, the EP, and a split seven inch. Joy Thief just managed to get a demo and a ten inch out. Yeah. Before uh, um, we, we fell apart, before Dan went back to Australia. Yeah. So I'd like to be in a band long enough. Yeah, <laughs> to yeah, yeah. Release them, but it's good. It's looking good this year. Um, we're on the verge of getting a uh, hacktop that is getting a second split seven inch out, and we should have another EP out as well. Oh, awesome! Hopefully, both this year. Yeah, I mean, this yeah, the, the, the second seven inch has been a long time coming. <laughs> <laughs> and obviously, you mentioned Dan mm-hmm. heading back to Australia. Obviously, that was the situation that brought me into the divorce. Into Aussie, that's right, yeah. Um, but Joy Thief, obviously, did ha- how many kicks did you do as a two piece? Oh, we did three, yeah, yeah, so. Was it again like it just seemed to be a band that kind of faded away? There was no like this is our no. our ending sort of thing. So what? Well, we never we still haven't split up officially. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I haven't spoken. Sorry, Will. <laughs> yeah, I haven't spoken to Will for about a year. We're just busy doing other things. Hack job is picking up and getting more busy. Um, and uh, uh, I think the last time I remember practicing, it was in the middle of summer. Me and Will hadn't seen each other for a while, and we played some through like four songs, you know, maybe like a minute and a half. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and then just talked about TV and and just had a lovely chat. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. Uh, just the enthusiasm sort of waned, especially with Dan not being there. Yeah. Um, the the enthusiasm just sort of yeah, sort of lost it a little bit, and um, you know, it's, it, we might well play a gig again. <laughs> Dan Dan will be here in in, in July, so maybe. Oh, there you <laughs> go. Never know. Together, yeah. Never know. I'm not ruling that out. And. For some reason, though, I have these anecdotes about like stuff with you. So, okay. Well, again, this is kind of going back to to something that I did in the last DSTM oh, show. I with, you were bring with, that up. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. I'd like literally. I don't think I've laughed that much for a long time at a show. Oh. Like, not this is no like disrespect to you, but like obviously all three of you were very Trolleys. very funny. <laughs> yeah. and. I just remember like standing at the side of the stage just pissing myself. I vaguely remember dry reaching between verses um, and then I think all I said in the microphone in between songs I was like, I am so fucked. <laughs> 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 but um, yeah, I think that's that's not that uncommon in, in the grindcore scene. Um, no. Gothicles um, came down a couple of years ago, didn't they? And, and uh, played Chimpy Fest and just couldn't keep it together. No. <laughs> no I just think it was just such a like... Because we'd kind of moved the second half of the show to the to the big to room, the big room yeah. which was sort of a bit last minute, and it was just so funny to see the three of you like in that situation, <laughs> like just it was almost as if no one else was there. It was yeah, that's how, that's how I always try and play anyway, yeah. so I get quite nervous. But it, I think also um, the juxtaposition between uh, the very serious man's Dawn Raid and Monolithian, for instance. Yeah, I think we're on a little bit before us. Why did he put us on so late? Tim? <laughs> <laughs> we're so drunk. <laughs> Um, and yeah, I think there's a juxtaposition between uh, these very serious bands and very serious messages, and then us, us like drunk fools. Yeah, yeah. Blame Fiona, don't blame me. <laughs> I remember um, Dan straight after that gig. I'm trying to pick my stuff up without falling over and you know, get it off stage. And Dan's just left his, all his stuff at the front of the stage. So I go out the little backstage bit, and I'm like, Dan, Dan, you know, get your stuff off stage. Like, is there a band coming on? And he just was lying on his back with his arms up here, going, I love you, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, okay, you can love me later, Dan. We'll just get the get the stuff off the stage. <laughs> Brilliant. Um, Sorry, Karen. So no, no, I was gonna say. So then, obviously, again, bubbling underneath, mm. hack job um, appeared. Hack, oh, well, uh, I was in Deroid for the same. Oh shit! Yeah, similar, yeah. Sorry, yeah. That's all right. For a similar, at the same time, I was in, I was in Joy Thief, which is basically my love letter to the Melvins and yeah, Shellac. Yeah. Um, I was never overly confident doing the vocals. Like, I wanted it to be much more of like a, a David Yao type yelp. And then I just like screaming. So <laughs> <laughs> sort of, I can really do. But that was that, that was a lot of fun. Um, but there was I was doing all three at one point. Hack job we were writing, Joy Thief was fizzling out and um 
D-Rod is fizzling out a little bit as well. The thing with D-Rod is uh, Chris and Trudy were a married couple and yeah. they, they had a very young son. Right. So in a year, we were together for a year, we played something like six gigs and uh, did a demo CD and put some other stuff on, recordings online. I thought that was all right. That was yeah. fun, you know. I tried to get us more out of town, but it, their priorities with their child. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I wasn't going to ever push them too much. And then, um, and then Hack Job was a wonderful thing. I wanted, to, I wanted to be in a band with Jochen again because uh, we were good buddies and we had a really good time together in Edwards. And uh, Alan, who used to be in Holding the Head, I mentioned earlier. Yeah. I absolutely loved Holding the Head. Yeah. He'd been chatting to Jochen as well. I can't. It might have been around the time. Now uh, Alan's a bit of a. Um, um, strange bloke. <laughs> <laughs> he put together, I don't know if you saw them, the Pea Brain two inch record compilation. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. So we got all the bands in together. York was in a band called Black Anchor. Joy Thief came in. And uh, I think Alan and York had started chatting away then and about starting a band. And then York mentioned me and I was like, Alan, holding the head, fuck yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. going to be great, yeah. Um, so that's, that's sort of how that came about. At one point, I think we were both going to play bass and go the whole Man is a Bastard route. Okay. But um, I'm glad we went away with it. <laughs> <laughs> but, so that must have been, yeah, that was around the same time Joy Thief was, yes, the first Hacktop gig was the last day Dan was in the country. Okay. I remember this because that's when we finally got the Joy Thief records. So I right. brought him to the Hacktop uh, gig. Dan turned up as his last day, been for a meal with Jade, obviously. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and I felt a bit bad, like ruining his last night. <laughs> but he came in and gave him some records. He watched that job, and then he, and then he left. Um, so, see, I was in three bands at that point. I find it easier to stay in two bands at the moment. I'm trying to do different things. <laughs> yeah. We've got Bitter Man at the moment. Where I play bass and um, act job with vocals and guitar. Yeah. But I might have gone off on a tangent here. I can't remember what you asked me. Either can I, to be honest, but it's, <laughs> it's absolutely fine. That's okay. the whole point of this. Yeah. Um, but in terms of kind of hack job, like, again, it's not necessarily, well, it's not, I wouldn't class it as grindcore, but it's kind Some of, people do, but yeah, I wouldn't really. Yeah, it's kind of that sort of fastcore punk yeah. sort of sound. We initially tried to go, um, call ourselves Powerbinders, but the more we've played, the more we've written, it's more like DB, fast DB. Yeah, yeah. With a couple of herky-jerky bits. Yeah. And... I was kind of meant to ask this in terms of Joy Thief, but I'll okay. bring the two together because okay. I always find it interesting when the, where there is bands that do two vocal sets, mm-hmm. um, and I always ask this question like, "What's?" And it might be different from Joy Thief to Hat Job, so obviously answers how yeah. sees fit. But how do you kind of split duties? Because I th- find like I've asked some bands, and they say, "Well, if one member has written." song X they'll kind of take the lead and then the second right, they'll do it yeah. that way others I'll, I'll give as we've mentioned the earlier Svalbard is a prime example yeah. whereas Serena is the lead sort of writer mm-hmm. and she will divvy up right. in terms of like parts where she's got to concentrate on playing guitar and things like that or even like writes parts specifically for Liam the Scream or specifically exactly. for yeah, yeah. yeah. so how did that kind of work in terms with, of Joy Thief and Tatchel well with Joy Thief um uh, we've sort of both wrote lyrics down a little bit more and um, as we were writing them we sort of decide you know usually try and do a little bit of a call and response type thing if yeah. you're doing the high and low thing yeah yeah you know, yeah try and mix up that whereas with uh, Hack Job Alan writes like 99% of the lyrics right okay um, in fact I've only written one song which is <laughs> seven seven seconds brilliant <laughs> yeah um, uh, well, yeah, I've written a lot of riffs, but um, <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say give yourself some credit. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, so um, and again, but we take it to the practice room and try and divvy up exactly how it would work. Yeah. Sometimes a line each, sometimes a verse each, you know. And we just decide whatever fits the song. Try yeah. a few different things out and and you know hash it out in the practice room. Yeah. So one of my favourite things about um, playing in bands is. Uh, Several a, a group of individuals come in. One of them will have an idea, and then it gets smashed between everyone. Yeah, and yeah. then it sounds like something else. Yeah, I know, yeah. I've, stu- I've spoken to some musicians, and they're like, "I've written a song. Everyone has to play it exactly how I want it." Yeah, yeah. It doesn't yeah, sound yeah. like a fun experience for being in a band. No, 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 no. Like bringing an idea and having it go through everyone else's sort of yeah, yeah. Uh, way of thinking, and that's that's really fun. Yeah, really and because obviously I've been lucky enough or unlucky enough, if you want to say, to see Hack Job several times. Yeah, like. The one thing that, like, compare, I guess, com- in comparative to, to Joy Thief, as you say, where mm-hmm. a lot of the time you're a bit inebriated. Yeah. <laughs> like, there's, 
just seems to be like a fun element to it. Yeah, we, we're all on the same page with regards to how much we like Fast Hardcore Punk and how we've all been in bands for quite a long time. And we, it's a, we've got a nice sort of gel for one of us yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. um, between the three of us and a good shorthand and um, it's a really fun band to be yeah. in. Yeah, we, and, and we know none of us are particularly good at being po-faced and angry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, like, the reason I mention it is because I think I could be completely wrong in quoting him but I always remember there was one show that you played at the at the edge mm-hmm. and Alan was like this song's about collecting records <laughs> like 10 second songs <laughs> this song's about having too many records and I, just, yeah. I was like that it is me about just, right. just completely yeah. Yeah. completely killed me yeah we have got some some more serious songs but we... <laughs> yeah sorry yeah that's fine doing no, you a disservice uh, uh, Joy People are terrible for writing um, um, silly songs we had written a song about Conan Conan the Barbarian, <laughs> <laughs> which we um, we lovingly had a working title of Colon the Barbarian. Brilliant. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. But um, that job, um, uh, songs about record collecting, songs about horror movies, um, songs anti-fox hunting, anti-sexism, yeah. all that good stuff, all that sort of righteous, proper, yeah, 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 uncunty stuff. One <laughs> <laughs> of a better way of putting it, you know. Um, but you know it's, we, we have fun with it you know I think one of the earliest songs was you know Alan had written about um, if you're screaming about um, left wing politics to a, a room full of people that are into left wing politics then is there any, any point yeah yeah yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. no I t- like that's the thing like I have as much as I understand why bands do it and things mm-hmm. like that yeah yeah it's a good like, message like in a live scenario it is a lot of you are kind of showing at the converted, or yeah, sort exactly, of thing. yeah. But like, yeah, I got. I just... We still, we still have that message yeah. to a certain degree, but we like to sing about um, or bork about <laughs> <laughs> um, horror films and, and Ray Harryhausen and you know all that fun stuff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? And then, like again, in terms of kind of growth of the band, again, I think because I I don't know Alan as well as I know yourself and Jochen, right? Yeah, but like. Jochen is still one of the most fun guys to be around. He is. I was out with him yesterday. And like, I think that, like, him and you, as I say, I don't know Alan as well, but Mm. like, there's kind of an infectiousness of you guys as well, like, in terms of like your personalities. So do you think that that's kind of opened up doors in terms of like, play, like, because you've you've played Chimpy Fest a couple of times now, haven't you? Oh, we did like a, Precursor warm up, yeah, Chimpy warm up uh, gig a couple of years ago. But like, obviously, that in terms of kind of the music that you play is kind of one of the staples in the UK. So like, right, yeah, it's quite a, a big thing to kind of get onto that. So yeah, I was that, well chuffed. Yeah, yeah I was really pleased. So do you that. think that that's kind of helped that you not don't take yourself too seriously, but you have this like we are who we are kind of yeah, attitude. more approachable. Yeah, yeah, that that's kind of opened um, things up for you. I hadn't really thought about it to be honest with you. Um, uh, yeah, maybe. <laughs> That's the best I can say. I hadn't, I hadn't thought about uh, this, this friendly demeanour, for want of a better way of putting it. It's, it's, um, it's just natural. It's just yeah, yeah. naturally, you know. And um, So we, there's no rhyme or reason to it. Yeah. <laughs> it's, just, it's just us who we are. We're yeah, not yeah. Like, pretending to be super angry when we're not. Yeah. <laughs> and then you mentioned, obviously, kind of releases, potentially doing another split, and then the EP. Yeah, another well. split. The artwork's come across, I think, finally. Um, it's going to go to the pressing plant, hopefully. Mm. Uh, so a split seven inch with Conqueror Worm from Bristol. Nice. Yeah, looking forward to it. But, like, it seems like... Because how long has that job been? Um, um, three years? Four years? Three years, I think. Twenty. Hang on. I've, I. There's the new T-shirt design we're doing. It says something along the lines of Maiming Hardcore since 2015, 2016. I can't remember. We'll go with that. But <laughs> yeah, the reason the reason I ask is because you have been quite sort of prolific. You try to yeah, try yeah. to try to keep busy is the way I look at it. But like in that terms, I guess because you're writing shorter songs, mm-hmm. it, that sort of benefits. But is like you say, trying to keep busy mm-hmm. rather than maybe back in the day of Edward, where it was, I want to we want to be on the road as a bot yeah. more. Is the fo- has the focus turned to we just want to write as much as possible, or is it just that's the chemistry and that's the way it's worked. 
Um, a bit of the, the latter, yeah. It's mm. the, the chemistry we have as a, as, a, as a three of us is is it's just a lot of fun, you know. And we all just want to keep doing it, yeah. You know, and 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 just keep pushing it and see how it goes. I'd love to play Obscene Extreme one day, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but, but maybe work. Do we see how it goes? You're not going to not gonna try and force it. I found out a lot with Edward is we try and force ourselves out there a yeah, bit too yeah. much and end up playing shows that were either really badly attended or badly organised or that weren't really right for us and nobody would like it. Yeah, yeah. And then that would be disheartening because we put ourselves out there and then sort of get shot down a bit. So I'll just try and maybe, yeah, Joy Thief and, um, and Hacksaw definitely took a little bit of a step back yeah. with regard to, to trying to force yourself down people's throats. Yeah. Because it's just the, the nature of music is it's not everyone's cup of tea. Yeah. Know? Especially this, at this <laughs> extremity, you know. And I guess your latest project... Bitter Man, Bitter yeah. Man, like... First thing that like a lot of people that I sort of know said was like, "Damo's not in a grindcore." Yeah. <laughs> it's um, the most commercially viable band I've been in since two thousand five. But that that's again I talked about the Melvins and Shellac and stuff like that earlier. I've got the Jesus Lizard and, and yeah, I really yeah. love that kind of noise rock sort of stuff. And I kind of wanted to do it again after Deroid yeah. um, fell apart. And I got chatting to Dave because he was sort of running our practice space without being in a band, and he's kind of doing all the boring stuff. Are you still at the fish tank? Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Still, we're still there. And um, and I felt a bit bad for him. He's doing all the boring stuff, but not actually reaping any of the rewards yeah, of yeah. running this place. So I was like, oh, come on, you know, you're not in a band. Start bands. He's massively into therapy, and I was like, well, therapy helmet. Yeah. Let's see what we can write. And um, uh, so we write a few songs between just the two of us, just sort of jamming in his attic. And then got the rest of the band involved. Yeah. Uh, the, other, the, the other two Robs. And so it was Rob Day and Rob Luther. And um and then just you know, sort of naturally sort of right and it doesn't we're not nearly as good as Helmet or Therapy, but <laughs> <laughs> we it's that kind of vibe, that kind yeah. of nineties salt rock sort of thing, which is really fun. I had a weird thing though, uh, um we were about thirty seconds into the first song of our first gig. And I was like, Oh my god, oh my god, I forgot something, what's wrong? Bass sounds alright, okay, what's going Oh yeah, I'm just playing bass. I'm not doing any vocals. This is easy. This is brilliant. I don't love this. This is marvelous. And um, but it's nice to be playing sort of normal tempo. Yeah, yeah. And um, sort of fun songs. Dave's got a really good ear for for a catchy rock song. And obviously, I put my bass for a load of distortion and ruin it. (laughs) But it's it's really fun. We just recorded twelve songs. Um, so we should have an album self-release on CD in the next couple of months. Yeah. We've got a first couple of out-of-town shows coming up, Guildford and Southampton. Um, should be fun. Because like, you haven't done a whole load of shows. No, you? we've only, only really played on Albert Road yeah. about five or six times, I think. And um, So, yeah, really looking forward to getting out of town. But we haven't really had anything to push it. I mean, yeah, so I was going to say, was that the thing, is kind of get everything written and now yeah. you can kind of... Yeah, or just find our feet on the, you know, yeah. in the live circuit, as it were, on, on our doorstep for a bit, and then, yeah. then now we're a bit better, push ourselves. But it's nice, all four of us have been used to playing really fast punk, mm. um, like Rob's in uh, Misgivings, it's not yeah. especially fast, but he's, he's played that fast stuff. Uh, Rob Luther played Thrash Metal in the SLM, yeah. um, Dave was in Blood Buzz, and um, what have they called themselves, and they changed things, I can't remember. Yeah, I can't Dead, remember. Dead Set, I think it was. Some, yeah, it sounds right. But again, like fast, aggro, yeah. and then for all of us to come down... Several BPM. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's quite nice, you know. It's quite nice. It's a little bit different, and that's that's important for me. It was a bit weird doing sort of writing with Hacksaw and writing with Joy Thief at the same time. Yeah, not that I play guitar in one and bass in another, but they're very sort of similar. Yeah, there was crossover there. Yeah, something. whereas uh, um, I quite like playing a different instrument in a different pace band. Yeah, you know, it's, it's keeps it keeps it interesting, and it's you know less likely to start playing the other band songs. <laughs> <laughs> Like, now I want to see that happen. <laughs> <laughs> but, <coughs> Start playing hack job songs at a bit. Yeah, <laughs> but like I guess you've you've kind of answered what I was going to say. Like, okay. But in terms of kind of stepping back and kind of slowing things down. Yeah. Was it like? Did it take you a while to sort of get into that groove? Like to, definitely to step away from like what you've already been writing, sort of thing. Oh, um, well, no, I've always had, had like a couple of songs knocked away. I wanted to be start like a Desert Rock Kaius type band years right, ago, okay. which I never got around to. Um, so I've always had like a couple of riffs rattling around in my head yeah. on a slower pace. But um, writing credits mainly go to, to Dave for Better Man. Um, it's about 75, 25. I yeah. think I've written two and a half. <laughs> <laughs> They're the best ones, though. <laughs> <laughs> 
but that, yeah, it's, it's really fun. And again, it's a different group of people, different yeah, positions, yeah. Uh, the vibe's different, but we've got a pretty good shorthand. It gels pretty well. Cool. We're all long enough in the tooth. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? Well, as sort of like you've kind of mentioned, you've got the album coming out with Better Man. Yeah. Records with Hackjob as well. Yeah. We're approaching the end of January already, which right. is quite nuts. But what has 2019 got to offer um, for, for both bands? For both bands. With Hackjob, um, I think we're going to try and do less sort of one-off gigs. Uh, we've got three days of Rash Decision in March. Um, we've got a Portsmouth gig coming up. But we're going to try and do more of that, go out with another band. Yeah. We'd like to organise, though it's proven tricky at the moment, uh, to go out with Worst Witch... Um, oh, sick. Yeah, north of London, Midlands. We talked yeah, about yeah. it briefly, but they're booking something for February at the moment. Um, but I'd like to do that, like a couple of South Coast bands going north of London. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'd like to do that a couple of times. Maybe a couple more festivals, but the 7 inch will come out. The split 7 inch of Conquerham will be coming out, and it's going to be a 5 inch record with something like 12 songs on. Nice. Yeah, which we've been writing recently. And then, um, yeah, maybe a couple of festivals as well. But it's early in the year. And. With Bitter Man, just getting out of town, basically. Yeah. Getting out of town, get the record out, maybe do some t-shirts. Yeah. And uh, keep writing. <laughs> yeah, keep writing, keep playing, keep enjoying it. I just want to say two things that just come to my yeah. mind, you mentioned that. So, I was listening to it today before I came around here. Yeah. But you said about the five inch, yeah. like 12 songs. Uh, are you aware of the Hearst Collective? The Hearst Collective. Hearst, H-I-R-S. Oh, uh, no. Okay. So they're like a um, LGBTQ, like yeah. power violence, fast core band cool. from Philadelphia. Okay. Um, they've done fucking loads of records. Right. But they literally, in the last year, have put kind of two discographies out. Right. Which, both 12 inches, uh-huh. both have 100 songs on them. Brilliant. And I was just, yeah. Brilliant. What are they called? The Hearst, Hearst Collective. Collective. Yeah, yeah, I'm looking them up when you're... When yeah, you're so that was the first thing that came to mind. <laughs> yeah. And then the second thing, because you mentioned Worst Witch, yeah. uh, obviously was out at Fluff Fest with Cassie. That's right, yeah. And that is kind of, I initiated another person into the Bork Collective. <laughs> so I don't know how you came up in conversation. Well, um, we met Cassie uh, when she was in her... Fight Rose of Fight. Fight Rose of Fight, yeah. yeah. Um, this was a really good gig. It was uh, in a practice space in Southampton. And uh, it was Hack Job, Fight Rose of Fight, Righteous Right Girls yeah. and, um, and Young Adventurers. Right. Um, and uh, we were like, we, we're like the angry boys. Yeah. <laughs> the angry <laughs> boys of the lineup, like by far the heaviest and by far, uh, uh, we were the only band of, of all male members. Yeah. And we're like, oh, you know, God, we're not going to go down like a sack of shit. <laughs> and um, obviously because of the subjects of most of our songs, uh, uh, everyone loved it. it yeah, a, yeah. It was a lovely atmosphere. Yeah. Uh, a really good atmosphere. And uh, we got chatting to the Fight of Rose of Fight Girls and um, we went up to Basingstoke to see him a little while. I think it was one of their last gigs. And um, uh, uh, Hacked Up at the time had just been... We, we, we put a CD out last year called Near Misses, which is a bunch of songs we've covered. Yeah. And one of them was a Bikini Kill song. Ah, uh, okay. And I'd asked Cassie to sing on it. But living her living in Bristol, us living in Portsmouth, we couldn't really afford to get her on the train. And just logistically, it, was, it, it, yeah, it, it yeah. fell by the wayside, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, but that's maybe how my name was. Yeah, but up. yeah, it came up and then obviously throughout Fluff, me and her were just... Burp, burp. Yeah. <laughs> so your your name will forever live on in that. In, uh, yes. In, in Borkdom. Borkdom, yeah. <laughs> um, how I like to, to round these off yeah. is to ask my guests what their favourite song is, but with a bit of a twist. Okay. So what is your favourite song that you like to play live? Uh-huh. But because Hack Jobs... The songs are so short. <laughs> yeah. I'll give you if you have a multiple run of songs. Okay. Um, well, I'll do Bitter Man first. Um, my favourite song is a new one that we haven't actually played live. It's called Mia Culpa, um, which has got a mean, big old Melvin style riff in it. Nice. Which is very fun to play. Um, but the one that we play live that I really like is called What We Do, which is um, a bit of an unorthodox sort of song structure. There's not really a verse or chorus in it. It's just right. like an extended mega verse in the middle. Nice. And a weird, an intro and an outro. And yeah, a yeah. bridge as well. It's really fun to play. And um, so that's, yeah, that's what we do. That's on the demo. It's on, on Bandcamp. We've hacked <laughs> songs I like playing. Um, we play like, 18 to 20 songs in about 17 minutes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but 
Oh, 20 minutes. Um, uh, I like playing the, oh God, I can't remember what it's called, the one about record collecting. Yeah, yeah. It's usually dedicated to Tony, I mentioned earlier on, because um, he's sold me lots of lovely records in the yeah. past. Um, but what is it called? I don't know what it's called. Nightmare. And it's, it's really old, we've been playing it for ages, so we really, really fuck it up. Yeah. And it's got a mean pig scratch at the beginning. Yeah. yeah. yeah it makes me look really cool. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, oh, uh, at the end uh, of our set in the last year or so, we played um, Last Place in the Master Race into Tinnitus, which is like uh, a very good example of Alan's songwriting, Last Place in the Master Race. Yeah. Proper D-beat, not especially fast, but like good discharge. Yeah, rock yeah. Rock and rolling, sort of disc rock. And then um, Tinnitus' song I wrote, very abrasive, yeah. kind of, lots of angular blast in it. And we do those back to back, that's always yeah. fun. Cool. Although I always nearly burst all the blood vessels in my face in the vocals at the beginning of Tinnitus. <laughs> there you go, yeah. perfect. Damo, thank you very much for your time, I really appreciate it. No worries, thank you Tim. So there we have it folks, thanks again to Damo for welcoming me into his house and having a little chat with me. Um, as always there will be links to Damo's musical endeavours in the description of this week's episode so please go check those out. Um, and as he mentioned in the chat, plenty on the horizon for 2019 for both his bands so make sure to, to keep tabs on that. Uh, also a little bit later this week I'll be recording our second Patreon episode so remember if you wish to become a Patreon of the show there will be a link uh, for that also in the description so please go check that out if you are so inclined um, I am very tired my words aren't making sense so I'm going to leave it there thank you again everyone for joining me on the Justin Insight podcast and I will see you soon